When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. (laughs) This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Thursday morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you streaming in with us here on Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac. That'd be John McMullen and Jordan McDonald. We've got you for the next couple hours and a couple of good Eagle guests coming your way. Johnny Mac, yesterday after you and I wrapped this bad boy up, you had a chance to head over to uh, South Philly and get some info, opinion, insight, out of guys who are directly attached to Philadelphia Eagles. That would be their coach. Uh, who was made available to everybody and all the players had quality clubhouse time yesterday. You sure you didn't come out with uh, something, John? You didn't catch anything? You never know, man. You know, locker rooms are are shaky when it comes to germs. So, yeah, you got to Purell up uh, when you get out of there. No doubt about it. Purell up. I like that phrase. I don't know that I've ever heard that before. All right. Out of all the guys that you got either as a group or individually when you get into the locker room, Anybody give me anything of significant substance? Uh, well, you know, substance is a is a vague term when it comes to the NFL. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Dallas talk, Dallas Goddard, and obviously, you know, he hasn't been what we've expected early in the season. So, uh, but he's a team guy and he holds down the fort. I thought it was interesting that, 
you know, uh, Nick Sirianni was talked to, uh, uh, to about Britton Cubby in, in his game. Um, so Britton was there. And boy, man, I mean, he has turned into one of the best pump returners in the NFL, and it's weird. I always say, I and you uh, get to talk to callers all the time on WIP, so you get a, a closer view of the fan base. I talk about a... It's always bizarre to me how they latch on to some players and sort of dismiss others. And, you know, Britton Covey got dismissed very early in his career here um, when he had a slow start. And I don't know if anybody hasn't noticed, but he has led the NFL uh, in everything when it comes to punt returns since basically week 13 of last season. So half a season. I don't like that. I get it. You know, you, you pick and choose. But we talk about startup costs all the time on this show. And, you know, he was a rookie. And, you know, we were talking to him for a long time yesterday. He's he's like a student of the game. And one of his idols was, as a punt returner, was Darren Sproles. You know, Darren Sproles averaged seven yards a punt as a rookie. You know, some people think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. They don't put special teams players in the Hall of Fame. But. Some people have made that argument. One of the greatest returners of all time, Darren Sproles. He struggled as a rookie. People struggle sometimes as a rookie. Not Jalen mm-hmm. Carter, but <laughs> most people struggle. Um, and he has turned the corner, and he's been unbelievable. But for whatever reason, um, people haven't caught a lot of people haven't caught up with that. And Nick Sirianni was mentioning, you know, called him a hidden gem. Great punt returner, great teammate. So that was a big part of yesterday's uh, locker room availability. Um, and yeah, this team is three and zero, but no style points. So that seems to be where everybody is. And I'm going to throw something at you, Jody, because Tone asked me yesterday, and he 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 said the defense was carrying the offense, and I'm like. Well, technically, the offense has been better than the defense. Really? You believe that? Well, statistically, I mean, let's see. I mean, it's a very small sample size, so it's not that meaningful. But they have the sixth-ranked offense, the 12th-ranked defense. I I mean, they've just been doing it a different way. They've been running the football. Well, yards is yards. I mean, they're at 450 and 476. I mean – that's pretty good. Maybe maybe it's not what people want, but you look up and you say, they're moving the football. Maybe it's not moving in the way people had imagined. But, I mean, I think both sides have played well, played good enough to win the games, and that's all that matters. But, yeah, I found that curious that he phrased it that way yeah i I disagree with the numbers there i would say the eagle defense has played better than the eagle offense it's very close it's i i already forgot the phrase i apologize the tone used that you were carrying was that what you said yeah defense no i wouldn't go because carrying to me means it's not close it means like one is doing the great majority of the heavy lifting and the other is long for the ride. That's not the case here. I think they're very close as to who's been better offense or defense, but I would suggest the defense has been slightly better than the offense. I guess I'm finding a middle ground between you and tone. Um, 
And that would lend itself to my question to you. Out of the two new offensive coordinators that we knew we were going to have to judge as soon as the season started, Eagles lose both of their coordinators uh, last year and replace one with an outside guy, one with an inside guy. Uh, but we're going to have to get a feel for them. Well, we've got three games under our belt now. Who do you think's done a better job, Brian Johnson or Sean Desai? Well, I think they've both done a good job, but I, I would think I would lean toward Sean because he had more uncertainty. The Eagles offense was supposed to be good. Uh, the Eagles defense, we didn't know because there was so much change. There was so much turnover, uh, five new starters. Now, he's also had the luxury of even I, as much as I've talked up Jalen Carter, I didn't expect him to be this good this early so you know that's when you get a player like that it changes a, a lot of things but I think from the expectation standpoint I would go with Sean I think it's ironic that they both been the same both the Eagles are number two in rushing offense number two in rushing defense number one sorry so they're number one and stopping the run, they're number two with the run game. And they've struggled with the pass on both ends. They're 23rd offensively. They're 25th defensively. Points per game, they're 7th offensively. They're ninth defensively. They've struggled uh, on third downs um, uh, uh, defensively, 25th in the league. And they struggled in the red zone, both offensively and defensively. 25th offensively, 26th defensively. It's almost a carbon copy. It's weird. But, yeah, I mean, the the defense has got to be carried by the front. And, the, and they largely have been. And that front is unbelievable. But they, they kind of carry the back seven. The offense, I think, is a little bit disappointing because they have stars all over the place. Nobody has to carry anybody, and they haven't gotten the passing game going. But, I mean, they haven't gotten the passing game going because they haven't needed it. They're just running the football. So I'm not sure I'm that concerned about it. And doing so very uh, successfully running the ball. Here's why I think the shot – again, I apologize. I got short-term memory loss. What what was carrying – um, yeah, carrying. Carrying the term that, uh, uh, that uh, Tone used. I would say the size carrying the coordinators because he's had to deal with injuries too. The offense has stayed healthy. One Quez missed game this past week, and we could debate how much missing Quez is actually a deterrent to the offense. Uh, Kobe Dean goes down, plays one game, done. Uh, Blankenship, your best safety out for a game. Uh, you lose your best, your arguably best cornerback, who you've now chosen to move position. Bradbury goes from outside to injured to the slot in three weeks. Um, they've dealt with a lot more on injuries on the defensive side, and you got Asan Reddick playing with a club on his hand and hasn't been near what he we expect him to be. Sean Desai has had to deal with a lot more adversity via injury than Brian Johnson has. So that's why I would say the comparison between the two coordinators so far hasn't really been all that close. I think it's hands down Desai. 
Yeah, I, I think it's a lot closer. I mean, the Eagles didn't play. It, I think it has relation to players. Like, we think more of N'Kobe Dean, but technically he's not proven. But I think most of us think more of N'Kobe Dean than um, Quez Watkins or Kenny Gainwell missed week two as well. You know, if you talk about in-games, people playing through things, Landon Dickerson had to come out for – you know, the game was over. It was more of a precautionary thing. Uh, so you have some of the things. I would say, yeah, the defense has suffered a little bit more, but I think people forget about the offensive injuries because they don't care about them because Alameda might be better than um, Quez Watkins and Kenny Gainwell, um, DeAndre right. Swift has the, the been proven to be better. The significance of the player is part of the conversation. Yeah. And the offense hasn't missed any significant players so far. The defense. Well, you can argue, would you, you, can would you argue, not call Avante Maddox a significant player on the defense? I would, but you can argue that the 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 replacements on defense, Nick Morrow making a big play, playing well, um, but nobody thinks highly of Nick Morrow. So I mean, they played well. Um, they played much better in Tampa. Then they played against Minnesota injuries. And, and you know, that has a lot to do with the quarterback and all that kind of stuff. So it all it's such a small sample size. Now, long term, now, you know, we don't know what Sam Howell is. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll start talking about the commanders in the coming days. But, you know, now you have Sidney Brown out as well. He's got a hamstring. Uh, they, they had a walkthrough, so it's an estimation. He didn't practice. Justin Evans didn't practice, um, estimation with the neck injury. All of a sudden, you got two safeties on this roster that are healthy. If they're not going through walkthrough, I find it very hard they're going to practice today. Like, hard we, to believe. Do we consider Sidney Brown in the same breath that we considered N'Kobe Dean, unproven? Yes, of course he's okay. unproven. But he played well in his first opportunity um, in Tampa, everybody played well. But did they play well or was it the front? It's sort of like the front is so dominant or was so dominant in Tampa Bay. Like you saw if you – and again, I'll say it again, short, small sample size. Against Minnesota, they got gashed. They were 29th in the NFL in passing defense coming out of that game. They got gashed. Now, part of it was – The score. The score, part of it was, but the quarterback can throw the football. We've had this discussion. He's, he puts up big numbers. He always does. The receiver is on a, on his way to a record if he stays healthy. Uh, he's going to shatter it as they lose every game, by the way. So that tells you what that means. But what that game proved is if you can hold up in pass protection, you can throw on this secondary. Now, can you hold up? in pass protection against the Eagles. That's the key. Washington is giving up more sacks than anybody else, so it doesn't look good this week. But at some point, there's going to be somebody who at least holds up and at least gives a decent quarterback time to throw the football. Can that back seven hold up in that instance? I don't know. I don't know. I think that's a fair question to ask. Um, I know the front's going to be good. Um, so I have no questions about that, but I still have questions about the back end. Um, I think Brian's working more 
with talent-wise than Sean, so that's why I give the advantage to Sean. And, oh, by the way, the front of the defense is part of Sean Desai's defense, too. If we want to question the, the back seven, that they're not as good as the front four or five, oh, everybody can see that, but Sean Desai gets to oversee all of them and he takes grief if they don't perform he should get credit when they do perform so the the, the front uh, should be part of our evaluation of Sean Desai and yeah I think the Eagle defense has been better than the Eagle offense so far in the first three games and part of that is as you correctly point out expectations yeah we expected more out of the offense and they haven't delivered yet to the the maximum effort, or as the the word generally, but see, you're savvy, Jody. You know you're you're grading on a curve, which I'm fine if people say that. But understand, and you understand, you're grading on a curve because you expect more out of the offense. The offense is technically, technically, when you compare it against the rest of the league, has been better than the defense when right. compared against the rest of the league. Well, I'm hoping that our uh, streamers are uh, people tuned in are as savvy as yours truly. That sounds braggadocious, doesn't it? Is what it is. Um, Yeah, the offense was expected to be bad. They were just better last year. So with all the uh, defections, with the turnover. Now I got to correct you again. Technically, technically, the defense was better last year. The defense was ranked second. The offense was ranked third. Now, when you're in the top five, that means you're really good on both sides of the football. But technically, the defense was better than the offense last season. Fair enough. Uh, but technically, the offense lost nothing. Actually, the offense lost nothing, if you look at the way that Jurgens has played. The defense lost some significant talent. And you see a guy like uh, – one of the things that I attribute to coaching a lot is uh, getting the players you have to play better. And Jordan Davis is playing – significantly better this year i give a lot of credit to that to the coaching that that they got this guy up to speed uh the certainly the experience is going to help and if you play you get experience but i think coaching has done a hell of a job with him and because jalen carter has made more splash plays i think that what jordan davis has done is kind of flying underneath the radar he's been one of the best defensive tackles in football and oh by the way he gets tackles. Jalen Carter's got like four or five tackles. He's already got 10 tackles. He's got twice as many tackles, which last year, I remember my partner telling me week in and week out, well, don't judge your stats because that's not what he does. He eats up no, blockers, no, and that no, makes it easier for the no. linebackers. Well, to make I'm going to I'm going to actually you, getting tackles. I'm going to I'm going to tell you to the day I die that tackles is the most useless stat in the history of football. Um because, you know, especially with linebackers, I mean, you know, are you are you tackling seven yards downfield? Are you is it a tackle for loss? You know, is it a stop, which you know means it's a it's the stop stat means it's it's a positive for the defense versus a negative for the defense. I mean, just raw tackles. Now Jordan Davis, I'm with you, has been phenomenal. You know, I think that's the classic uh, startup cost thing that Jim Swartz would talk about. He's more comfortable. He understands. He talked about this extensively in training camp. Um, That year one to year two jump is usually enormous with really talented players. And it's been enormous with Jordan Davis. And then 
um, with Jalen Carter, and that just tells you how good Jalen Carter has been. I mean, rookies don't do this typically. He's dominating. He is dominating these games. Um, he is he is wrecking plays. The the old defensive sort of talk of 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 the ability to wreck a football game. Jalen Carter has been that player for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and I see we've lost uh, Jody, so we'll see if he can get it back. Our buddy Ed Kratz is waiting. I see him in the green room. Uh, so we're going to take a break right now. More Birds 365. Ed Kratz from Sports Illustrated. Game day, Ed, a little bit early this week. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soga now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back 
Thursday edition of Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac at least for a minute here. Uh, see, I thought your feed was going down, Johnny Mac, because you kept freezing up on my screen. Xander tells me, no, Jody, you were the one who was freezing and dropping. Yeah, you never know what's what here. But I, you know, I was looking at Jalen uh, Carter stats, and uh, then I came back and you were gone. So I just kept going. And I saw Ed popped up and uh, went to break. And now we have him. The great Ed Kratz. Hey, guys. I, I thought I'd do it to Ed, but I was nowhere to be found, I'm told. Uh, so apologize <laughs> so for my... Uh, you're saying J- Jalen Carter Jalen Carter is now disrupting the show. Not just yes. football games. He disrupts everything. 65 now. Yeah. He has been... Well, let's start it with Jalen Carter, because I was... Yeah, I could not believe the NFL gave Jalen Carter to the Eagles on a platter. Um I thought he was the most talented player in the draft. I thought he was, should have been the number one overall pick. If he didn't have the issues, I think he was the most talented player in the draft. Even I didn't think he was this good. This is ridiculous, Ed. This, this guy is special. And I don't remember the last time the Eagles have had a lot of good players over the years. The last time they got a guy who was, has a chance to be maybe the best player in football on his side of the ball. And I think he's got that kind of potential. You know, that's a lot for three games into his pro career. I know. That's, I know. A, that's, a, that's a lot to say, but it's, it's hard not to love what you see so far. I mean, that punch out of the football that he had on Rashad white, that that's a signature type moment there in what could be. And, and I said this, back in the spring, that he he could be the Eagles' first defensive rookie of the year. They've never had one of those. Now, the question is, is he going to play enough snaps? I mean, he he wreaked his havoc on Monday night in just 21 snaps, uh, which, you know, to me is low. Now, I know that the Buccaneers only had the ball for, I think, 47 snaps. So, yeah. you know, there weren't many snaps to go around. But, you know, that's the only question that could, in my opinion, prevent him from – becoming the defensive rookie of the year is just how much he's going to play. But, you know, you, you, you look at what Carter has meant, I think even the Fletcher Cox, I mean, I think Fletcher Cox is off to a really good start here. And I think some of that has to do with the young guys like Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis. They've kind of breathed, breathed new life into his game as well. So, uh, you know, it's more than just what Carter and even Jordan Davis are doing on the field. It's, it's, beyond that it, it it infects that whole side of the of the football carter's been great david's been great as you just point out fletcher cox has been great and usually when you get that kind of push from your defensive tackle position it makes things easier for the guys coming off the edge it makes quarter quarterback shaker looking for a place to spin out to into the arms of a guy coming off the edge this side, Josh Wett, the Eagles' edge players haven't been all that good. At least my estimation through three games, Ed, agree or disagree. And if so, if you agree, where, where's the edge? Forget about where's the beef. Where's the edge? Uh, yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, listen, I think they've impacted some of these throws. And we saw the Eagles, I think, try to get Hassan Reddick to get that first sack. I mean, it's three games now. He still has the goose egg next to his name, but they tried some some loops and some stunts on Monday night to kind of maybe try to free him up, but he just hasn't been able to get home. Um, you'd like to see more sacks. You know, they only have six in these three games. That's two a game. 
but they're doing a good job affecting, you know, uh, the quarterback spot and where he's throwing the football from. Uh, so yeah, you'd like to see the numbers a little bit higher. Just, I love a good sack myself. I think it's a huge momentum changer. It's, you know, very emotional, uh, uplifting thing for a defense. Uh, you'd like to see the numbers improve, but again, he, you know, we go back to Jalen Carter. He got such good pressure on one snap that Marlon, I talked to Marlon Tuapulatu after the game on Monday night about the sack that he had. And he said, man, that was all Jalen Carter. He said, he just you know, burst up through the middle, you know, and forced Mayfield to step up. And he goes, I was just standing right there. So I made the tackle. I mean, that that's how easy it is. So yeah, they're, they're affecting the rush or the uh, passing game, but you'd like to see the edge guys get more involved. And even Josh Sweat, I mean, he was a terror against the Vikings. I think he had five QB pressures. Um, but I think those numbers will come, Jody. I really do. I think, uh, you know, the sacks will begin to, to tally up here. We're only three weeks in and, and uh, I, I think they'll come. Uh, in the case of Josh, and I brought this up, I mean, you know, he took advantage of a backup left tackle against Minnesota, and he had a huge game, what he should do. And then against Tampa's against Tristan Wirfs, who's an all-pro player. So, I mean, to me, it makes some sense. All right, if you're going to face an all-pro player, like if you're rushing against Jason Kelsey or Lane Johnson – as an Eagles opponent, you're probably not going to have a great day, at least compared to what you do against typical players or below average players. Um, I think a lot of people don't pay attention to that. I mean, to me, it was logical that Josh Sweat wasn't going to have his best day. Now, when the was on, he's obviously struggling with the thumb, trying to trying to finish plays. But I'm going to throw it back to Jalen Carter again. The interior pressure is so immediate. They don't have as much time to get sacks. Yeah. Um, I, you know, and and the Eagles aren't getting the big numbers like they did last year when it comes to sacks. But you see them affecting quarterbacks. I mean, that's what it's about. Sean Desai will talk later today. He'll talk about that. I'm sure they are affecting quarterbacks, um, and I think they're carrying the defense that front. And that includes Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick and Brandon Graham and company on the edge. Yeah. And it's pretty great, by the way. Typical limited yeah. snaps, but typical, typical Brandon Graham. I'll say this too about Reddick. One one thing, and you know, I know the locker room sessions were abbreviated between week one and week two. two. It was a short week, but you know, I haven't seen <clears throat> Reddick in the locker room uh much at all. Whereas last year he was readily available, was in there willing to talk to anybody that had a question for him. Uh, this year, I haven't noticed that as much. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure why that is. I hope he's happy, you know, maybe the situation, not. you know, yeah. is there a situation, you know, um, right. he's coming off a great season. Um, <clears throat> he sees what edge rushers are getting paid. The Eagles, poo-pooed that in training camp. He did as well. Is there a situation? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, that's what I wonder is, you know, we haven't seen him. We haven't been able to talk to him. Uh, and like I said, he was usually one of the guys you could go to last year. Again, it's early, and there's been kind of the abbreviated locker room. We didn't have a lot of access there between, uh, you know, the Patriots and the Vikings game. And now this week, uh, yesterday, he, he wasn't in the locker room. So, you know, there's only two more days here to see in another short week. 
Uh, so we'll see just how available he is or isn't. And if he's not available, that that's a concern because he is a guy that likes to speak and, and talk to the media. So uh, it's something to keep an eye on, I think. Jody, you're muted. The situation gets pushed to the side when you have zero sacks. Uh, whether he's available or not, even if he were available, uh, he shouldn't be talking about uh, renegotiating his contract when he's got zero sacks after three games. But that's just me. I Ed, uh, you haven't had a chance to chime in yet with us here on Birds 365 on who's going to play slot corner for the Eagles. Avante Maddox out. We knew that they had given Bradbury some reps and some snaps in preseason just to give him a look-see there. Well, now he seems to be the guy they're going to lean on more than anybody else, or at least that's the way it played out game number one. Uh, he is as good an outside corner as he is, but the Eagles don't have a perfect fill-in, come-off-the-bench-to-fill-that-position type guy. Are you good with Bradbury being the number one guy? I think they'll rotate but I think he's going to be the number one guy going forward playing the slot. Are you good with that? Well, I would contend that Sidney Brown has a real chance to kind of step in and grab this opportunity. You know, we he's, he's listed as injured right now. I talked to him again after the game uh, in the locker room, and uh, I asked him about his injury, you know, because it was announced in the press box that he had a thigh injury. Uh, he didn't yesterday's injury report was an estimation because of the walkthrough nature of practice. But Brown told me it was a lower hamstring and he felt fine. He felt like he could have get it, could have gone back in, but you know, they, uh, they wanted to kind of take it very cautiously with him because a one week injury could turn into a four week injury with a hamstring. So, but if he's healthy, I mean, they're, they're, they're giving him time in the slot. He talked about having one-on-one -on -one meetings, many, many meetings during the week with Ron L. Williams, the slot coach that the Eagles have. Uh, and, and he said he's very comfortable playing close to the line of scrimmage like that. He said he did that a lot at the University of Illinois. So he wants to continue, he said, to get better, to kind of take some of the pressure and some of those snaps away from James Bradbury having to move inside. So if this kid can get it, he can figure it out, he can get healthy and stay healthy, I think Brown could be the guy that gets the majority of snaps in the slot. Um, until that time happens, though, yeah, I think Bradbury's going to be the guy that's going to rotate in and out of there, and they'll bring Josh Job in. Um, but, again, and I think John's talked about this, is that you don't want to move a, a pro ball or old pro corner outside corner into the slot. I mean, you're impacting two positions there. So I think the Eagles would like Sidney Brown to kind of grab this position and run with it. Uh, and he just very well might. So I, I would say, you know, keep an eye on Sidney Brown's development in the slot, because I think he could end up being the guy uh, that's going to help out there as this, you know, as these next couple of weeks go on. You know, I got asked last night, Ed, who the Eagles MVP is through three games. It's three games. And my answer was Howie Roseman, because they're just out talenting people. Uh, they have better personnel. They're not really playing that well, uh, but they just have better players than everybody else. And he's responsible for accumulating that roster. I say that to say this. I do have a problem with some of the decisions on the back end we're having this discussion about the slot and we're not even talking about mario goodrich or eli ricks um and they were kept on the 53 um presumably for more of their long-term potential 
But nonetheless, they're cornerbacks, and they need a cornerback. And they're already moving Sidney Brown, who's got significant potential at safety, down to a position he's not familiar with. What does that tell you about Mario Goodrich and Eli Ricks? Well, I don't think Ricks can play the slot. Now, Goodrich can, and he was inactive after having 10 days to prepare to be the slot guy. And they must not have liked what they saw. But, you know, Nick Sirianni mentioned Goodrich again yesterday as somebody that's in the mix. But well, they might have to use him this week because of the injuries. To You know, if, if Justin Evans can't go and Sidney Brown can't go, yeah, Very, know, Mario yeah. Goodrich has got to play. Yeah, and maybe Eli Ricks too. I mean, uh, yeah, that that's concerning for sure. Short week, you know, a pretty good wide receiver core from the Washington Commanders. But, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, but listen, you can't account for two of your slot guys getting hurt. You had depth there. No. Jack McPherson no. and uh, you hope Maddox would have had a – you know, an injury-free season didn't happen, so now you're kind of scrambling a little bit here. And uh, Sidney Brown is familiar with playing in the slot from Illinois, according to him. He said he feels more at home at the nickel spot than he does at the safety spot. So, uh, you know, it, it's a shame that he kind of tweaked the hamstring a little bit because he probably would have saw much more time on Monday and probably grew into a, a more of a role even on Sunday. But, uh, you know, you're right. You'd like to see them have a little bit more – depth or whatever you want to say, but they, but they've gotten injured and Brown's a third round pick, a, a four star player, uh, you know, and yeah. The, red star player. Red my, star. I guess my only question is, and Sydney did play, you know, down in the box, mainly at Illinois. So he's used to playing near the line of scrimmage, as you mentioned. Um, but you know, one of the things I think we all say, you know, and we said it about Bradbury, well, you don't see inside corners in this league. So, you think about Eli Ricks and say, well, he's 6'2", he can't play inside. Well, I mean, they're saying Bradbury can. Sean right. I said, no, no, no. So I don't know. I think if they're on the roster, you know, they got to help the team. And you're right, yeah. you can't legislate injuries. It's not their fault that Avante Maddox and Zach McPherson. But if they can't help the team, I'm, I'm starting to think about, all right, N'Kobe's coming back. Braden Mann's got to have a spot at some point. These are the first guys to go. Maybe Contavia Street as well. Yeah, if they can't help. Yeah. You know, well, see, with Rick's, Rick's an undrafted guy, Goodrich an undrafted guy, Brown's a third-round pick. I mean, you're going to give him every opportunity to get on the field. And Rick's, I think, would have to be trained to play inside. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure he played in the slot or in the box at out. No, I'm sure he hasn't because he's so he, Yeah, he's not going to help you in there. You're not going to throw him out there. That's a, a huge liability to put him out there in the slot. So unless he's being trained, you know, they, the Eagles have this slot coach. Ron L. Williams, but they don't have any yeah. slot guys. So, you know, he, I'm sure he's, you know, I'm sure he's training some of these guys. And, you know, like I said, Brown talked about, you know, this, these extra meetings he had all week, one-on-one -on -one meetings with Ron L. Williams and learning technique. He said it is a different technique in, in the NFL than it is college, but, you know, he's spending all the time he possibly can with Ron L. Williams. Cause I guess, you know, Ron L. Williams has nothing else to do because he doesn't have anybody to coach. It's very rare. I think this team, and I tell Jody all the time, I think this team, it's very rare where I don't understand their decision-making. Their decision-making usually makes sense to me. Now, sometimes they get it wrong, but it, the decision usually makes sense. 
Moving James Bradbury inside doesn't make sense to me. I can't make sense of it. He is a phenomenal all-pro outside cornerback. Now, because he's better than everybody else in the slot, I get that. But, again, you're affecting two positions. If Josh Job may be a better player than Mario Goodrich, but there's two parts to it, not just one. So you can't say, well, Job's better than Goodrich. All right, but Bradbury's not as good as Avante Maddox in the slot, and Bradbury's way better than Josh Job outside. I it, it doesn't yeah. I think it's a bad decision. Well, here's where I'll get on the coaching staff's case and that this is mostly directed at uh, the head coach uh, Nick Sirianni. He likes to say, he likes to almost brag about the cross training that the Eagles do, that they cross train all the time, that they're very good at cross training. Not surprised when a guy does well because they cross train him at a time. Why haven't they cross trained Ricks? Why hasn't he gotten some or maybe it's because they don't practice as much in the preseason as other teams. I'm I'm just saying. The co- and and I wouldn't bring it up if the coach didn't brag on it. He likes to brag on the cross training they do, and it seems to me like they're crash course training a couple of guys to get in the slots. You have two significant injuries. That's harsh, but that's what you got to do. You have to prepare for worst case scenario. Along those lines, if Evans and or if both come uh, up injured and can't go on Sunday. Um, Evans and Brown, yeah, they're really short, specifically at the safety position. Tristan McCollum getting the elevation from the practice squad that both of the safeties are out this weekend? Yeah, maybe. I mean, how much a liability would that be? I mean, here's another kid that is an undrafted kid, but they like enough to keep on the 69-man roster or whatever you want to call it with that practice squad. Yes, twin brother was on the box getting uh, beat up by the Eagles last year. Yeah. And, and, you know, listen, maybe we're making, you know, when you look at what the Bucks did on, on Monday night, I mean, it's not like Evans or even Chris Godwin went crazy against this, you know, this makeshift secondary. Uh, you know, Chris Godwin had his streak of 16 straight games with five or more catches snapped, and that was the longest streak in the NFL. 16 straight games with five-plus catches, gone. He only had three catches. So now Keenan Allen has that distinction. He's got 11 straight games with five or more catches. So, you know, listen, whatever. Money last week. <laughs> yeah, 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 but that yeah. doesn't count. You know, yeah. it's still one game. Um, but, you know, so, you know, listen, I give Sean Desai a lot of credit for what he's doing here. I mean, he – you know, maybe they are training Eli Ricks and cross training him. And it's just, it's not like the light bulb is going to go on overnight here when you do that. I know it, you, you would like to think it's a crash course, but if he's never done it, that, that's a big, uh, that's a big jump to go ahead and do that. Like Sidney Brown was saying, there's a lot of different technique things and different leverages you have to be aware of in the slot in the NFL versus college. So, you know, maybe they are, and it's just not, you know, some guys can get it, some don't, and some, Staffs are hesitant to train rookies, cross-train rookies, because they want them to learn one position and get immersed in that, learn that until it's like the back of their hand before they consider, you know, moving him to another position and learning that position. So that that could be the case. But, yeah, I don't know about Tristan McCollum. I'm not even sure what Somebody's Tristan Somebody's got McCollum. play safety. He's the only uh, practice yeah, squad yeah. safety they have. Yeah, well, I don't even know what he looks like, to be honest. I mean, I <laughs> pick him out of a crowd. Right? I, I don't think I could. Neither can uh, I. Yeah, so I don't know what kind of player he would Tristan be. Tristan is mean, up by the uh, kickers, uh, his locker room. Um, all right. 
Okay. And if you saw, he looks exactly like Zion. They're twins. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew what Zion looked like. Right. But, you yeah. got to know what Zion looked like for that. Uh, yeah. Year I think Edmonds has played quite, you know, he's done okay. And I think, you know, Reed Blankenship at safety. I mean, this, By this the way, guy, Reed's, a, Reed's a great player. He Reed is a very, very too. solid player. I mean, an interception. The NFL got that one wrong. How does that happen? How does that happen? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you look at him and he's a five-year college starter and they're thinking he's old, but he's only, I think, 24 years old maybe. Um, but, yeah, he. But they're your safeties. If Evans can't go, it's Edmonds and Blankenship. And then, you know, Sidney Brown, if he can't go, I don't I don't know what you're going to do. Uh, too bad Kayvon Wallace isn't around anymore. Bradbury's going to play uh, outside corner slot and safety. And safety. Who knows? <laughs> Right. Yeah, and I'll I'll answer your question, John. How the NFL got Reed Blankenship so so wrong? T R A I T S traits, and the over evaluation thereof. He's not that tremendously athletic. He probably <laughs> ran a slow time. If you look it up, I'd love to know what he ran as his forty at the uh... combine. I guarantee you it was slow compared to the other safeties coming out that year. Oh, my. Oh, what are we going to do with this guy? He can't run. He's not that athletic. We're not drafting him. We're not. The Eagles gave him all the $5,000. Good on the Eagles. The Eagles. Four, the Eagles four, five, were the one. Five. Four, five, four, which is not bad for a safety. It's not, you know, there's certain, you know, Mika Fitzpatrick's probably four, four, seven or somewhere in that range, but. Four five fives is not bad. Yeah, he doesn't. He's a good athlete. That's what I mean. He's got good traits. I mean, he played at a small school. Obviously, that factors into it. Um, yeah, his he he didn't have bad testing numbers. Um, they were middle of the road, but they weren't bad. Um, yeah, I. That's one of those things where I have a difficult time understanding how they missed them they because they usually find players who at least to the point where they're going to be like six round picks or you know as you mentioned jody five grand not only was he um undrafted he was was not yeah and he was a great player at his level um as ed mentioned five-year starter um you know First team all conference. Um, you know, he was on the Ben Narek Award watch list, the Jim Thorpe Award. Like, I, it, it's a mystery to me. And when you watch him play, it's, it becomes an even greater mystery. I'm going to blame the scouts on that one. The, the entire, not the Eagles, the entire. Right. NFL. At least the Eagles got him in for five grand. Yeah. They get they they get a they get a W even if it took them a long time that's still a W you got the player the other thirty one teams take an L on that one yeah and that interception man usually like you know Ed you've seen Slay at practice a, a bunch he he'll bait quarterbacks he's so smart and savvy and he's played a long time five time Pro Bowl player. I saw him, Jalen's first year, I saw him bait him like three times and pick up passes in practice. He baited Baker Mayfield. He's a second year, he's a first year starter, second year player. Um, he baited Baker Mayfield on that play. He, he, he saw him look to the left. There was only one receiver there. And then he went back and Reed was just like, boom. Uh, he's, throw, he's not throwing it this way. And he baited yeah. him into that interception. 
Boy, yeah. Eagles found a Nick Sirianni called Britton Cubby a hidden gem. Reed Reed Blankenship is a hidden diamond. I mean, he is just a good football player. Yeah, I'm not sure how much more hidden he he is right yeah, now. Or you might know, not be. Yeah, he might not be. I mean, yeah, he's. You know what other trade he has that's, that I really like is it could be the hottest training camp practice in summer, and they'll bring Reed Blankenship to the podium. Hair never moves. Man. Hair is. He doesn't look like he's even sweating. He yeah. looks like he hadn't even practiced. Like he just came out of an air conditioned room. I mean, the guy just doesn't sweat. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that tells you, but you know. Uh, yeah, well, well, all three of us got to be jealous of that hair. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, yeah. not hard to be for the three of us. No. Um, all right, Ed, we've had you on for about 20 minutes, and we haven't gone there yet. <clears throat> there goes Sam Howell's career. Uh, this, <laughs> he had two okay weeks in a row, and then last week against the Buffalo Bills, uh, uh, how many sacks did is six? Nine, wasn't nine it? Sacks it was nine sacks by the Bills and four interceptions. He hey, he got the ball off, threw it to the other team, but he got the ball off rather than take another sack. Uh, how much fear should the Eagles have of Sam Howell coming into uh the, the link this weekend? Yeah, I would have said, you know, look out for Sam Howell until the Bills came in and you know, kind of made him you know, uh, whatever, throw four interceptions. He was sacked nine times. I mean, he's been sacked 19 times. And, you know, Nick Sirianni explained Jalen Hurts' sack problem. You know, Hurts had been sacked seven times in the first two games. And he said it's not just the quarterback, right? It's the line play. It's the receivers running patterns. You know, there's a lot that goes into a sack. But, you know, he's been sacked 19 times. That's like 6.3 sacks per game. And, you know, we saw the Eagles make a mess of Carson Wentz last year in their first game against the Commanders. They, it was in at FedEx Field that first game. But they sacked Wentz nine times. And, you know, listen, if Howe is going to sit there, the Eagles are going to have a field day. And maybe we'll see some edge rushers like Reddick and Sweat, you know, uh, finally notch some numbers. You know, but you look at their line and, you know, their offensive tackles – have experience you know you have the guy uh charles leno he's a he's a 10th year guy i believe and then you have uh the andrew wiley who played for you know the from the chiefs yeah. in the super bowl and he the crappy team. field andrew needs a crappy field he needs a crappy field so yeah but th these are tackles that should be holding up and uh they're not i guess because it's not all on sam howe uh and listen i know i sang sam howe's praises and i still Kind of do. I think he was. Well, I thought he was the best quarterback in that draft, but I think Brock Purdy also came in that draft in the seventh round. And right now he's probably the best quarterback that came out of that draft. But and maybe Desmond Ritter, you know, Ritter's doing some decent work in Atlanta for the Falcons. Now maybe he's the guy that might be pretty good from that draft. But I think Sam Howell will be OK. I mean, they're really high on him in Washington. They, it's a growing process. You're talking about a fifth round pick. He was the sixth quarterback taken in that 2022 draft. I mean, it's he's not going to be Joe Montana overnight. He probably will never be Joe Montana. But, you know, I think it's you're going to have to take the good with the bad until things can even out a little bit for him. He only made one start as a, a rookie last year. That was the last game of the year. So, you know, you're going to have to take the growing pains with Sam Howe. But they're high on him. They think he's the guy. 
Uh, I thought they might go away from him this week in Philadelphia and put in Jacoby Brissett, but I, they're not going to do that. They're going to keep stay the course with Sam Howell. Yeah, he had one bad can... game. You got to see if he learns from it. I but think it was it's such important. a bad game. Now I'm going to yeah. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and say yeah, he's never going to be Joe Montana, but I don't think it's time to pull the plug on the kid either. Right, and neither I does think... Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera yeah. says the same thing: is let's let him grow. Let's see what he can be. Yeah. I think you have to learn from that, and he's got to know going in, you got to get the football out this week. So, yeah. I mean, he's got to be helped by Eric Bieniemy. Um, you know, Terry McLaurin, one of the – I love him, one of the most underrated receivers in football. They have Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson. They're, they're good at receiver. they got to have a good game plan to make sure the football's out of his hands quickly, and we'll see if they can get it done. But – if he learns from what happened last week, I think it's fine. If he doesn't, and he sits back there like he's Carson Wentz and Jalen Carter has three sacks and Hassan Reddick gets going, yeah, then you start to say, all right, this guy's not picking it up. But I I don't think it's time to pull the plug on Sam Howell. I agree with Ron Rivera. You got to let young quarterbacks learn from their mistakes. Otherwise, they're not going anywhere. Yeah, but like Joe, like Jody said though, like he got rid of the ball quick, but four times and went to the other team. So, wow. you know, you got to make sure you're getting rid of the ball quickly and making a good decision with it. Yeah. And oh, by the way, I stick with it, Sam, out this week because I don't like Jacoby Brissett either, and I know he was one of the more highly paid backups during this off season. But uh, I'm not a fan of the guy. Well, I like him as a backup, but I like him as a backup. With Jacoby Brissett. I mean, if you're forced to play him, great. He's better than most backups. But, yeah, you, you know what his ceiling is. I don't want him as my starter. So, I, I'm not saying they made the right decision by going with Sam Howell long term. Uh, but they made their decision. They got to they gotta let it play out. Um, and they got to at least let him have an opportunity to learn. This is a difficult week, though, because of that pass rush, obviously, yeah. Uh, yeah. for the Eagles. And, oh, by the way, the the Commanders ran the ball well, one out of their three games. Brian Robinson had a good game week number two, not so much this past week because nothing worked for the Redskins, uh, the Commanders this week because of the Bills' defense. Um, they did yeah. get out to a 2-0 and start, so their confidence level certainly shaken off the beatdown they take they took it home, but that they come in here with confidence because they were the only team that beat Jalen Hurts last year during yeah. the regular season. Is this a one and one the Eagles? Yeah, that one loss is against the Commanders on a Monday Night Football um, uh, in, in and November. The commanders are the one. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So listen, yeah. that that has to give them a shot of confidence. And I like Brian Robinson a lot. I mean, you know, I liked him coming out of Alabama, but this Eagles defense it's hard to run the ball against them now with uh, Jordan Davis to me is Jordan. He's like trying to block a, or wrestle a bear when you block him or, or move a boulder out of the way of a, you know, out of a hiking trail or something. I mean, this guy's just huge, tough to block. He's really made to me a huge difference in the run game. Um, but just hard to, to move him. And he's taken sometimes two blockers and that's freeing up Jalen Carter or Milton Williams, who's having a good year or Fletcher Cox. That's freeing up these other guys to stop the run. And, you know, if I'm another team, I'm trying to get outside. I'm not running the ball up the middle against this team. I'm trying to get outside and see what their linebackers can do on the edge. Um, 
and I don't think we've seen that a whole lot. Brian Robinson, I don't think, is a, kind of a sweep-the-edge type runner. Maybe they try to get Samuel involved there or, you know, whoever else their running backs are. But uh, I wouldn't run the ball up the middle against this defense. So that's going to be a challenge for the for the commanders to try to run the ball to take some of the pressure off Sam Howe. Um, but, listen, they did it last year. You know, they, they it, it was a different team, obviously. They were able to run the ball. And that's when Howie Roseman said, hey, we got to get guys that can stop the run. Let's go get Linval Joseph and the Damakong Sioux. And that's what he did um, because the, the run game did hurt them in this game last year. I don't think it's going to be a factor this year for the commanders uh, to run the football. And that's to the Eagles' advantage. So I think it'll be close. You know, most of these games with the commanders are typically close. NFC East game, first time for the Eagles in, in the NFC East. Um, and the commanders know that they can beat them because they already did last year. So, you know, they're not going to shy away from anything. I love the defense. I love the commander's defense. Oh, the front four, baby. Strength yeah. on strength against the Eagles offensive line. Yeah, that's a great front E. Make sure you follow Ed on Twitter, x.com. Um si.com backslash nfl backslash eagles get uh the latest skinny on your favorite football team from one of the best in the business um i'll end it there offensive line versus boy this offensive line i i can't say enough good things about this offensive line landon dickerson that one block where he got hurt he says he didn't get hurt on that play but he's he's gone from pro bowl level to all pro level that's how well landon dickerson is playing so you add him to jason kelsey and lane johnson cam jurgens has been seamless at right guard Mm -hmm. and jordan mylotta might be the best of the bunch the way he's (laughs) playing this somehow is better it's only three games but they've been better than they were last year that's my opinion. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I mean, I think Cam Jurgens. obviously, that's what we talked about most of the summer is can he be the guy to step in there? He's too short. He's not big enough. You know, I said all those things myself, uh, but he's answered the, the bell and he's doing well. And it's nice that when you're between Kelsey and Lane Johnson, I mean, you got two uh, possible Hall of Famers right there that you're, you're playing right between. So, you know, he's got some help uh, with the communication and, and everything else. So. That, to me, has really helped solidify this line. Isaac Ciamalo was a great guard also. So it, it's hard to say, yeah, this line's better. Uh, so far, it has looked really good. Take away the Patriots game in the opener where they weren't communicating well and they struggled. But these last two games, they've been over 200 yards uh, running the football. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's good. I, I, I'd like to see Jalen Hurts again not get sacked as often as he is. And we saw that on Monday. He held up better. Uh, against the pass rush. But, uh, yeah, I'm not ready, I don't think, to go there to say they're better this year than last year. But, you know, they're getting there. All right, Ed, two-parter for me before we let you run. Uh, Number one, how important is today's injury report? Because they've got a couple of safeties that are maybes and sometimes maybes turn into cannot play, and that would leave them awfully short at that position. Thursday on a week with a Sunday at one o'clock game. What do you learn from the injury report today? Yeah, the closer you get and the more these guys pop up on it, the the bigger question mark they become for Sunday. And, you know, Justin Evans injury is listed as a neck. And listen, that that's not good on any level. 
so that might be tough to come back from. And then, like I mentioned with Brown, it's a hamstring. And you have to be very careful with those, obviously, because like Sydney said after the game, you know, a one-week injury can become a four-week injury if you're not careful with a hamstring. So those are two pretty concerning injuries. And I think you still have Friday, you know, to, to get to get well if these guys pop up again on the injury report. And I, th- I think they will. I think both won't practice again today, Evans and Brown. Um, but Friday's the one I'd be really concerned with. Uh, because then you have to make your determination on whether or not they're going to play. And maybe they'll list them as questionable or they'll rule them out right away. I don't know. But yet, I think Friday's a little more important with the injury report. But today it doesn't make it any less important today. I mean, it's still a pretty big deal. All right. And when Ed Kratz for Sports Illustrated next writes about a conversion, short conversion on a quarterback run, by the Eagles quarterback, will you describe it as the tush push, the cheek sneak, which happens to be my personal favorite, or the brotherly shove? Which of the three will you be using when you next need to write about the Eagles conversion? <laughs> I, I, well, I do like the brotherly shove. I mean, that kind of cements it as a Philadelphia thing, right? It's a Philly thing. Uh, cheek sneak sounds a little too risque. For me, uh, See, I I'm think Tush. I think Tush push is worse than Cheek Sneak. <laughs> it might be, but I've been calling it the Tush push for the last, you know, year or so. Yeah, so I, yeah. I probably will stay with Tush push. Right, Boy, I, I I wish it would go away only uh, for a topic <laughs> of conversation. I mean, the Eagles are getting it anyway. If they didn't push, it's got to do with Jalen deadlift and six hundred pounds. Yeah, they're getting a regular quarterback sneak. It drives me nuts that people yeah. spend that's so much why, time. That's why that. I asked Chad Kratz. Uh, all <laughs> right. Hey, good luck to you and Sam Howell this week, Eddie. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy watching your guy get crushed down at uh, Lincoln. By the way, Jody didn't want you on the show last week because Sam was playing well. So, full disclosure. <laughs> he waited no, till a bad Jody, Jody didn't want you on the show last <laughs> week because I knew Sam Howell was playing the Eagles the week thereafter. Yeah. Yeah. Now I got lucky that he played as shitty as he did so yeah. I could <laughs> rub a little salt Crappy. in the wounds. I'll, I'll- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. readily admit to that that i got a little lucky that all of a sudden the buffalo bill showed up and made his life a living hell but yeah, yeah that's that's why we had to we, he was playing he was playing well he had a two-week spike though yeah uh, was it was a, a bad league. class of quarterbacks let's face it there there's not a lot of diamonds in, yeah. in those roughs there kenny pickett's two one he, he was the best he should have been oh, the man. first draft and he was 
and he's playing to about his level, which is good. Not great, but yeah. good. Sam yeah. Al, yeah, not so good. Uh, and always, always a pleasure, brother. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Ed. Guy. Thanks, guys. Ed Kratz, Sports Illustrated here with some Birch 365. All right, we got another one of our solid Eagle Beat guys coming up a little bit later, as in 18 minutes from now. Chris Franklin from NJ.com going to join us here on Birds 365. Stay with us. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Your Mega Mac guys here on Birds 365. Appreciate you streaming in. While you're at it, you go ahead and hit that like button. Do the right thing. Sometimes you pay it forward. Give your boys Mac and Mac a little love today. Yeah, hit us up with the like button, like, share, and subscribe to Birds 365. That way you know when everything is coming up on the uh, Jacob Media YouTube channel. All right, Johnny Mac, the commanders come to town. I still want to call them the skins. I apologize. Uh, coming to town. 
on uh, a one o'clock game Sunday, right in McMullen's wheelhouse. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. When I become uh, king of the world, every game, Sunday, 1 o'clock. Unless you're on the West Coast. Right. If you're on the West Coast, you play Sunday at 1 o'clock. That would make it 4 o'clock for us here on the East Coast, but it's Sunday at 1. That's when football is supposed to be played. We certainly agree on that. Um, The Eagles will be a considerable favorite. It was either 8 and went to 8.5 or was 8.5, came back down to 8. I'm not sure which, but that's what the spread has been since it opened up on uh after the monday game tuesday wednesday now we're up to thursday um I, do you think the commanders i know they beat the eagles upset the eagles here last year and it was certainly a surprise and a shock to me and the eagles shot themselves in the foot that day as much as oh, anything yeah. else it wasn't as much the commanders came in here and imposed their will on the eagles no the eagles kind of uh, gave that game away and uh, there was one missed call by a referee. Okay, fine. You want to lay it on that. Um, uh, what is the mindset of the Eagles coming into this game, do you think? If, if Sirianni can uh, lay out what he wants the players' emotions to be prior to kickoff on Sunday, what do you think it is? Um, I, I think he'll focus on the NFC East, obviously. And, you know, uh, division games tend to be a little bit closer than they look on paper um, sometimes because of the familiarity and he'll use that as an example. Um, You know, they've only lost one game, uh, 21 games. Uh, They lost one with Jalen Hurts as a starter in the regular season. And that was to Washington. So I'm sure he'll use that and say, um, Got to stay on point. Got to understand. You know, even the running game, people talk. That was three yards in a cloud of dust. It was, they didn't give up big gashes or anything. It was just, it was one of those days where um, they just couldn't get off the field uh, for whatever reason and uh, it was a bad loss. So I'm sure I'll use it uh, to point out, especially for the guys who've been here previously, but. You know, for the Jalen Cardiners and Sidney Browns, if he can play, they don't they don't care about that. Um, the Eagles are good about staying in the moment because they constantly preach it. Um, and I think this will be, you know, we'll give our predictions obviously tomorrow, but I'm not concerned about this game. I'll put it that way. I didn't think the Eagles were going to lose the first five weeks of the season and nothing has changed. A lot has changed. Yeah, I thought they'd lose one. I no longer think they're going to lose one uh, in those first five games. I thought now I'm up to six because I don't think they're losing in the first six games. I thought, obviously, before the season, I thought the Jets Jets were going to be a tough test. That's no longer the the case. Um, So now it's pushed back to Miami, and I think that's the first test. But Nick Sirianni – Here's this. He'll start yelling at me because, you know, can't look ahead, Jody. Can't look ahead. But I can look he, ahead. He can't look ahead. We yeah. can look ahead all we want. Sorry about yeah. that, Coach, but that's exactly what we can do and will do here. Um, nah, I'm not worried about them beating Washington this week. Uh, everyone wants to see the offense take another step. And I think they took a step, small step, but a step this past week. The passing game was better. Jalen made a couple of nice throws. 
mostly to eliminate Zacchaeus were the, uh, the, the, the ones that impressed me the most. I know AJ Brown had the best day statistically, but I was actually more enthused by the passes that Jalen made to Alamede. Um, so I would say the, and the running game has been as good as the running game has been. Uh, I would say they took a small step forward offensively uh, with Alamede. Do you think he has now grabbed the number three wide receiver spot? Can uh, Quez Watkins get Wally pipped by Alamede Zacchaeus? Well, he could. I don't, I don't think he has. Now, Quest didn't practice again, so he might be in line to miss another week. So if that happens, um, and again, yesterday was an estimation, but uh, wasn't uh, listed as practicing. So um, if if one week turns into two weeks and three weeks and Alameda keeps making plays, I think there's a better chance of that happening. It It's interesting because he made two catches and they were both off schedule yep. so more of you know him making himself available to Jalen Hurts and those were two of the most positive plays because Jalen hasn't been doing that as much this year um, very early obviously uh, but he you know those were back-breaking plays for the Tampa Bay defense because they thought they were doing a good job and all of a sudden you have big gash plays down the field Um but now, if it was more in in the on schedule, I think it would would be a better indication. Um, but I don't think we're at that point. Um, but he's got an opportunity if Quez remains on the sideline. Uh, but it's going to have to be multiple weeks, I would say. Well, we're showing the love to Britain Covey because he's earned it and uh, is one of the best punt returners in the National Football League right now. If Quez doesn't play, then that means he's wide receiver four. And I think he had all of four snaps this past week. So he can be out there. Doesn't mean he's necessarily going to get the ball thrown to him. But And the fifth wide receiver this past week was Devin Allen. He yeah, did return the one kick that they had to take back a kick because Boston Scott wasn't about. Do we know the availability of Boston Scott just yet? Is Devin, uh, if Devin Allen isn't an elevation – uh, Greg now, Boston Ward. was back, so Boston's on track. He'll be back. Um, um, he was close last week and couldn't get through the protocol, but he was back, a, a full participant. Um, so that indicates, unless he gets another uh, jolt in practice, that he's going to be available this week. So, yeah, you probably won't see Devin Allen again. You know, but it's it's kind of cool now he's in the books as an nfl player uh he had that one kickoff return and obviously it's an olympic hurdler uh making that transition so it never gets up again jody he'll be always able to say he played in an nfl game and, yeah, good good on him yeah. um if uh they are looking to actually add another wide receiver do you think Greg Ward could get the call up? Uh, if uh, you're looking at uh, Devin Allen as the having one game in the National Football, and that could be okay. Fine. Greg Ward has played how many years in a row for the Eagles? At least one. Yeah, game? he's been. Yeah, Greg. I mean, it's all it's all possible, but you know, remember, man's got to be up. So that's one. And uh, then you you're talking about this week if you don't have. Uh, Justin, you Evans don't have to elevate the punt returner anymore. He's he's on the no, roster. But 
if you only have two safeties, you've probably got to elevate Tristan McCullum. So everything's dependent on, you know, who's injured on a particular week. And this week you need a safety or a defensive back. Even Makai Gardner's played safety at LSU. So I would say it would be um, McCullum and or Makai Gardner this week, especially if. Now, here's um, where I'll, I'll call the head coach on the carpet a little bit here, but need your expertise to do so since you're there for every damn practice. How much cross training did Makai Gardner get in Eagles preseason playing safety? The fact that he zero. played safety at LSU is nice. How many snaps did he get playing safety in camp this year? Zero. Where, where's zero. all this cross training that Sirianni is bragging on? Yeah, they, they don't. They don't. As I said, when you have ninety players, you don't have to cross train. That's that's when you get down to fifty three, and you know, 47. Um, and then it's a, it's a fire drill, but the Eagles aren't, that's every team, Jody. That's not just the Eagles. When you, when you have 90 players and in a lot of ways, that's one of those, that's one of those points that probably doesn't hurt in preseason back in the old days when you had the incremental cuts and you, you had to start that stuff maybe a little bit earlier. Uh, because you didn't have as many bodies. Now you have all these bodies. Right, up until like, the last cut, right. Yeah. One of the things, the offensive line is where cross-training is most important because you need to have a guy who, an interior backup at the bare minimum, a swing tackle. You, you know, you usually have eight. You want somebody to have either guard tackle versatility or center guard versatility. And even those guys, you have so many bodies, they don't really – too much cross training until the numbers start to dwindle and then you have to um but the eagles are that's sort of the life of the nfl um because you're trying to serve two masters you're trying to develop young players and you're also trying to get players ready for the regular season and sometimes it gets complicated but yeah nobody you know nobody does that um, so I can't really kill the Eagles for not doing well, that. I, I won't kill them, but I'll question them because, as I said, and, and I pay close attention to what Sirianni says. And when he gets stuff right, I give him credit. When he gets stuff wrong, I'm going to call him on the carpet. He did brag on the cross-training aspect of it. And that is there for the purpose of if you have injuries, if you're, to quote, which Colts uh, coordinator do you love? quoting about Peyton Manning getting Tom Moore, baby. Tom Moore. If you get fucked by injuries, you need a plan B, a plan C, and a plan D. No, we and don't if practice, that includes but... cross-training, well, so be it. Whatever yeah, but think of it this way. If you want to talk about Eli Ricks or Makai Gardner, the Eagles think those guys could develop as cornerbacks down the road. Um, that's their thought. That's their you know belief. Um, that's what you're trying to develop them to be NFL cornerbacks, not NFL safeties. So, you know, why are you going to take time? There's no guarantee they're going to turn into anything without, they're obviously not ready to play. They're not Patrick Sertan stepping in or JC Horn or Sauce Gardner, superstar level corners early in the career. They're developmental players and you're trying to develop them at a specific position. Um, 
not safety. So in the case of Gardner, a lot of people projected him as, as a safety. So, but the Eagles made the decision. No, he's a cornerback. They're trying to make him a cornerback. I don't know how much sense it makes to, you know, muck them up with a, in case Zach McPherson gets injured and Abonte Maddox gets injured and Cindy Brown gets injured. And, you know, some of that's just bad luck. Here's, here's where I'll come down on. Yeah, this is on the Eagles, and I disagree with their decision-making process. You've got Ricks. You have, by the fact that you've kept Ricks on the roster, declared that you think Ricks is a better potential future quarterback than a guy like Garner. You've already made that call. Are you going to reverse that one uh, three weeks into the season? I don't think so. You've already got corners that are on the roster if you got a guy on practice squad and you have less depth at the safety position and he played safety in college, why wouldn't you cross train him some? Why why wouldn't you have him ready for? Well, they might be doing it now. now, but again, because of circumstance, they for all we don't get to watch practice now. You asked me about training camp. There was no right. circumstance in training camp. They thought he had a chance to be an NFL cornerback, so they're trying to develop him to be an NFL cornerback. Um, now the circumstances are what they are. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they're trying to mount at safety uh, right now uh, because of where we are this particular week. But back in August, you know, they already made their decision. They said, all right, he's a cornerback. Um, we're trying to make him into an NFL cornerback. They're trying to make Ricks into an NFL cornerback. They're trying to make rich into an NFL cornerback. Uh, they tried to make Kerry Benson and wanted Mac McCain and all those guys and take Allen and it didn't work out. Um, you know, you need multiple bodies at that position. And that's what the plan was originally. And as you get into the season and <clears throat> the circumstances change, then you have to change with the circumstances, which is why Sidney Brown's playing the slot and James Bradbury's playing the slot. And Tom Moore, if he had to play Jim Sorgi, would play Jim Sorgi. But he ain't practicing with Jim Sorgi, but he doesn't have to. That's right. the point that Tom here's, was making. Here's, here's the difference. The drop-off from Peyton Manning to Jim Sorgi a little bit more than the drop-off from Avante Maddox to whoever the hell else you want to pick to fill in at the uh, slide corner for the Eagles. I'm, I like Avante. He's a nice player. He's a very good player. Well, Peyton's one of the all-time greats, so I'll agree with you. He's not Peyton Manning, so the drop-off is a little bit more different. So that's why I say you should be able to practice. I get well, the flippant aspect of we don't practice fucked, but they, you shouldn't consider yourself fucked if you lose Avante Maddox as compared to losing Peyton Manning. And they didn't, but the original plan was Zach McPherson, and that's where they got uh, fucked. Uh, because it's multiple injuries, as as Doug Peterson would say. It's not injuries. It's multiple injuries at the same position. You you have to have a plan for a backup at every position, and the Eagles do. When you have multiple injuries at a specific position, things can get uh, 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 ugly. Or murky, right. or whatever adjective you want to use. Chris Franklin's scheduled to join us next. I need you to look something up for me during the break. Um, how many snaps did Zach McPherson play last year? 
the the loss of Zach McPherson, I think, is slightly being overstated here. And I like Zach Mac. I you well, know I talked him up during camp. I mean, even though he saying. begged us, was going to come on the show, and then said, eh, "Sorry, yeah, I can't do it." But he apologized. Even though he did, and he apologized. You told me he apologized, <laughs> which I appreciated. Zach Mack was the given backup slot quarterback. How much experience did he have coming into the season? How many snaps did he play last year? Uh, that again, losing yeah, a guy who played, but, 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 but that's, but that's, I mean, he didn't play a lot, but that's, that's, that's what happens in the, I mean, Jalen Carter is a rookie. He didn't play any snaps. I mean, everybody projects certain people at certain positions. He was the projected backup at the slot corner. Um, was it going to work? Maybe not. I mean, there's no guarantee it would have worked. I'm just saying that was the back. That was the plan. They had the plan in place, and he suffered an injury before Avante. Then you lose both, and now you're down to your third, your plan C, so to speak. That's all I'm trying to say. Right. That and what I'm trying plan. to say is the difference between. Whoever you're coming up with now to play in the slot, if it's not James Bradbury, the difference between he and Zach McPherson is not all that great. The difference between Avante Maddox, who's been one of the best slot corners, and Zach, that's where the drop-off is. Then the drop-off between two and three, really? You can't overcome that? Zach hadn't really had a chance to shine it. Just because your name's written on a depth chart, number two is compared to number three. To me, that doesn't. Uh, that doesn't tell I me mean, yet. there's a reason they project these guys, Jody. I mean, you know, it's not like they're going in blind. And if you're down to your third, this is any team. Take the Eagles out of the equation. You're down to your third option at a particular position. Unless you get lucky and somebody jumps up, you're you're going to have some issues. That's not just the Eagles. That's everybody. Understood, but. Again, I'll, uh, if you want to judge by where you are in the depth chart, I'll judge by what you've actually done in your career. And Zach hadn't done all that much. Nice that he had the number two spot in the depth chart, but he hadn't done much in his NFL career to this point. All right, uh, McMullen McDonald, we got Chris Franklin. Looks like he's indoors today. Bill cold out. He wasn't going outside. Chris Franklin next here on Birds 365. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. 
and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Joined by Chris Franklin again indoors. Are you back at the uh, work newsroom or where are you at today? What this, the heck this, is that? What is this that? Is the indoor office. Right shoulder. Right shoulder. Yeah. Oh, there's. No, oh, was... left shoulder. You're, you're left, my right. Oh, yeah. This is a this is the old, this is the house office. So, yeah, I'll be, there's a couple other stuff that's in here as well, too. Well, it's it's not the wall. We can't well, it's not my. So you got to tell me. Yeah, a lot of stuff is like it's like sculptures and statues and stuff like that for it. A lot of this stuff is not mine, so I'm like, all right, yeah. But it's the house office that we have. Okay. So, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 different. <laughs> you're, trying to, you're trying to pick up the culture on Birds 365. That would be a mistake. There's, you know, uh, there's uh, only uh, so much culture you're going to get on this show. <laughs> hey, listen, I still got to get you to try the apples and yams, man. It's for, that's for the culture, too. I I, still, I haven't forgot about that from last year. I, I haven't forgot. I got I got to find a way to get you to it. That's for the culture too. <laughs> I'm not gonna, speaking of I'm one o'clock game, Chris. I'm excited, man. You I'm have excited. no idea. Scrambled eggs. Mm. I'm 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 thrilled. I'm. Thrilled. I just like the fact that I get home before like eight o'clock, like probably eight o'clock. I'm loving that part of it, and it feels like it's a true football Sunday. Because there's so many times we're just being disconjointed going from Monday nights or Sunday nights. Thursday nights. It's been awful. You get, it's, you, get oh. you get an ugly Sunday, then you're right back on Thursday, then you got a longer week on Monday, then you got a short week this week. It's crazy. It's been yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um I'll bring that up because we were talking about that. Uh I don't know, um, with James Bradbury yesterday. The lack of structure during the week. Bradbury's a very structured guy. Um, how he handled it, we were asking him. You know, it's 
it's not a big deal, but the Eagles are are so good that they have a lot of these primetime games. They have a lot of, and everybody's got the short week, but only once. But the fact that it's herky-jerky every week, they handle this stuff pretty well. That's got to be a feather in their cap. Yeah, because a lot of these players and even some coaches are creatures of habit. They're so used to the structure. They're so used to knowing, hey, I know at this time I'm going to be doing this thing at this at this place. And when you're become a good team like the Eagles had, were last year, everybody wants to have you on on, on their networks so, to try to draw in viewers. And we know how Eagles fans like to go in and, and watch this team. So, yeah, throwing them in on all these different ways for it can be really tough for some players and adjustments and. If anything, I think for Eagles, I think they're happy that a lot of these uh, this this weird quirk in the schedule where you went from four twenty five to Thursday and everything else happened earlier. Because if say this was in the middle where they're trying to go for a one seed, you got all this stuff in the middle of the season. You already got used to things going. I think it could have gone differently. All right, I uh, ran this by John earlier. I'm going to put it by you. Uh, just change the format a little bit. A plus to F, Professor. Chris Franklin, I need you to give grades so far to the two Eagles' new coordinators. From A-plus to F, what would you grade Sean Desai at? What would you grade Brian Johnson at? Offensively, i give Brian Johnson a B-minus for the fact that I look at the run game and I look at the way that he stuck to it and they had success with it. And not try to force the pass down. If passing the offense, that's why. It's, if this team passing offense was really humming right now, I'd probably be like a, a A minus, whatever. But this, there's still a lot of issues that have to be worked out when it comes to that. But I look at that rushing offense and the way they're able to salt games away, like nine minute drives, and basically assert their will against teams like that. Sean Desai, I give a B plus. I look at the way that this defense has gotten the takeaways schematically when you see what they're doing granted i know it's when you look at the quarterbacks they played at there's not the world beaters but what basically given what you play against and you look at the way that they slowed down a lot of these run these teams stuck with men in one dimensional and then when they get ahead they basically just play with that shell and keep everything in front of them not give up too many big plays well, i think that's where they're playing within the scheme so i got, I, I got, got it points. written down right here people probably can't see it B plus for Sean Decide, B minus for the offense quarter Brian Johnson. Exactly. Yeah, or, or Brian. I, I give him both Matthew a B. 23. <laughs> I, I, give him, I give him both a, a B plus at this point. I think they've both been uh, really solid. Uh, but I give Sean the advantage because of expectations. The offense was supposed to be good. There was a lot more questions on the defensive side five new starters and all that. So I give him a slight edge, but I don't think Brian's getting enough credit. Yeah. The, 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 the passing game hasn't uh, clicked obviously, Chris, but I mean, if it did, what would they be at 650 yards a game? I mean, what, what they're, they're, they're getting 475 yards a game. Um, all right. It's on the ground. Uh, but doesn't that count? This is Philadelphia. All people talked about for years is run the football, football, <laughs> run the football. Now they're running the football. They want to pass the football. What the hell's going on? I think also when you look situationally at some of the things, I look at stuff like the fourth down, the fourth down they had early in the, on their first drive, 
and I look at the red zone offense, I look at little things like that. I think that's what's also setting things back as well, too. And then for the defense, why I think it's the size gotten a little bit higher grade as well, too, is usually when you put implementing defenses in, you usually take a little bit of a while. It takes you a while to get used to it, probably until around this point of the season. And the fact that they've been humming the way they have been, I, I look at that, especially at interior defensive line, when you look at that, it's been pretty impressive ways to be able to do come in and, and and do well so far. So that's what that's why I got. It. I think mainly for offense is oh, the red zone and, and you, some of the you reminded ball. me nine twenty two to close the game. The yeah. nine twenty two minute offense to close the game. Um, and then I'm sure you saw, and this blew my mind. That the, the first time since nineteen fifty. The Eagles have produced 425 plus total yards and 200 plus rushing yards in consecutive games since 1950. Um, I don't think this is a bad offense. It's an unconventional offense in the modern NFL, but I, I think Brian's taking too much heat. Uh, 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 that's that's that's. And well, not B, that B, B minus, minus is, is not great. Not 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 B minus not, is giving a I'm grade. Not talking, I would not say. <clears> I'm not talking heat. about you guys specifically. B minus is not a bad grade. That's what I was about to say. But I think overall he's taking way too much heat, and it's bizarre to me because of the the framework of this city and what they believe in, and running the football. I typically laugh at that. He can't run the football. Well, the Eagles are running the football. I. I should be they should be excited about it i don't sense the excitement about it is that just because of the presence of aj brown Devontae smith dallas got it i think the weapons help and i think you look at when you look at the passing the, the expected continued development of jalen hurts and that and you're looking at the at the potential big plays that this office can make through the air i think that's what people are looking at because when you see teams like the miami dolphins and, and you see the chiefs and and the and you see the points and, and, and the yards are getting through the air and putting that up. You're like, well, we have better weapons than that one too. If I'm if I'm an Eagles, I'm like, well, we have better weapons than some of those. Like, arguably the same as the Dolphins. And after I think besides Travis Kelsey, I think better than better than Chiefs. So you're thinking like, wait a minute, why aren't we doing it? It's it's a different look. And I'll say I'll say this too. I don't think that uh, I think Brian Johnson is really a really good coordinator. I think he's trying to still find his way a little bit. And I think that this comes with time and experience, getting back to use to what the teams are doing and these new looks that they're throwing at this offense. I think that's what's also uh, going towards it. Yeah, Chris said it. I don't have the numbers. I don't have them in front of me. Maybe you could grab them real fast, John. Uh, one of the things I have been disappointed in why I have uh, Johnson at a B- minus is red zone. And I know the red zone can be slightly misleading, like, the final possession, the nine minute, 22 second possession that ended at what the four yard line, or whatever that's considered a red zone non-conversion, which is BS because they didn't need to convert. They didn't want to convert. They just wanted to run out the clock. But I, I think the Eagles are in the bottom half of uh, red zone possessions so far this year. That's why yeah, the Bucks were in the game. They're 25th, 25th. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. And I, I, I mentioned this to Jody earlier, Chris. They're almost a carbon copy of each other. The defense and the offense. They're both good running, you know, run support on defense. The Eagles are first. In running game, the Eagles are second on offense. Um points 
per game. They're seventh on offense. They're ninth on defense. Third down offense is is the one differential. They're fifth on offense, but they're 25th on defense. Red zone, they're 25th on offense, 26th on defense. It's almost a carbon copy, offense and defense. Um, but that red zone, I talked to Nick about that because Mike McDaniel's been the all the rage in the NFL. Nobody has ever used more motion than the Miami Dolphins. And the Eagles don't use any motion. I mean, they just don't like motion. Um, is this part, is that where we should look and be looking at the coaching staff? And that's more of a Nick Sirianni thing. They do not believe in motion. I think motion is a good indicator for me. I think it's a good indicator to what the coverage is going to be. But usually when you're in that deep red zone, you pretty much know what's going to, what's going to happen in there. Like it's rare you see a lot of teams use a lot of zone in that aspect because, you know, it's, it's a lot of quick passes in there. You want to play a lot of man. So I don't see that. I mean, would it be nice to see a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, it's just to throw the looks off. Even if you know the format, you show the formation before and you just have somebody on the other side to say, hey, look at this. Oh, wait. You just move them across the, the field just to give them a different look and just run the same run play. Something like that. Okay, yeah, but – I think a lot of the indicators just – I think sometimes when you run it just to run it, just looking like sometimes Walt is like, okay, then you may put somebody out of position. I know it has to be – and that does go back to our coaching. So I'm not too much worried about how much motion – or the lack thereof of the motion so far, but I think it's going to be one of those things where you look, you're going to have to throw a variant in here somewhere, and I'm trying to find – The, reason I, the reason I say it's a, it's this is like a three-year thing now. I mean, Nick doesn't use motion. He doesn't like it. And when you see McDaniel creating these matchups with all this motion and you say, well, Eagles fans look at Miami. Why can't we be Miami? Is that why you can't be Miami? Because they're not doing that kind of stuff. Well, I also think when you look at Miami too, I think they they a lot. I think they have more speed on the outside too. So when you use that motion, you get the threat of possibly doing a jet sweep or anything else like that for it to gain advantage on the edge too. So I think they use that as part of their packages because especially when you got if you can say like Tyreek Hill or when he's healthy, Joe Waddle going across and you don't know which way you got to go on the fly with his speed and try to adjust the defense quickly. I think that works for them. I think when you look at the Eagles, you don't have that that. Burner, Quez Watkins is like you're pretty much your only burner that you have. So you got more – who AJ, who's like a more possession-type receiver, and you got Devontae, who's like a route-running technician, stuff like that for it. I don't see the burning speed that you have – that throws that threat that really throws the defense in like, oh, wow, they're really running fast across the middle of the field. I don't know what's going to happen. So I, I think it's part of his personnel too. Not that they don't use as much, uh, as much motion when it comes to that. All right, Chris Franklin, I need a little crystal ball action from you for the game this upcoming Sunday against the oh, no, I put it. I put it back. I, I, I got to dust it off now. I, I, I threw it away because it's crap. It's been crap lately. So <laughs> give me a chance to dust it off and give it another shot. Touches for DeAndre Swift and Kenny Gainwell this year, this week. What do you think the numbers are? think if they run the ball, like I think they will, I think it's going to be 34, 35. I'm going to give DeAndre Swift 20. Kenny gets 12 with a couple passes mixed in. I think Boston gets a couple late too. I think DeAndre Swift has earned it, but they really will still like Kenny Gainwell a lot. So they're real. It's 
back and forth. We got, yeah, we're back to one A and one B again. I think DeAndre Swift has shown that he can be the bell cow in this offense. I think, but you still have to take account his injury history. So you need to go ahead and throw Kenny in there a little bit too, and still very early in the season, you don't want to burn this guy out, given that you know his injury history. So you know, you, you want to save him for later on, especially because you know you want him in the playoffs and you don't want him worn down by this. So I think you'll still see a, a lot of, a lot of Kenny early on. Maybe you get, maybe you get him out of space. Maybe, you know, whoa, maybe you use a screen pass and I'll just try to circumvent the, uh, the, the commander's defensive line. But yeah, I think DeAndre should still want to get the, the bulk of the carries when it comes All right, to Let, let me run this by you then. I think we've done it with you. I know I've done it with John Plenty and other guests that we've had. My, my theory of, there will be a day this week, this year, where an Eagles running back is held out of the game because of load management, that they are healthy, <laughs> and that they been stay. Doing that, that, that lot of load management for Rashad Penny thus far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's not quite the load management I'm referring to, but I, I'll go so far as I'm going to give you the week, okay, Franklin? Okay, I, I want to hear this one. Yeah. They beat the Commanders this week. They beat the Rams the next week. They beat the Jets the week after that. The Dolphin-Eagle game for me is about a toss-up right about now. So you can call it a win or call it a loss. For the purposes of my load management theory, I need to call that one a win. So they beat Miami, and they're going to Washington 7-0 and for week eight. Load management, although he rushes... 18 times for 100 yards the week before in the win against Miami. You do not see uh, Mr. Swift against Washington, that he is specifically sat after the Eagles get out to a 7-0 and start. You buy it? I don't see James Harden or Joel Embiid on that bench. Load management. I admire Jody's son. I admire his dedication. Uh, yeah, but Greg Popovich ain't shown. Nick Sirianni will not ever, ever, ever say, oh, you know, this opponent's crappy. We can afford to rest. Uh, he doesn't have to. The old- that it's because Washington stinks. Uh, well, yeah, but I'm, you're I'm giving that-, that, that way. You don't say it out loud. We can win without DeAndre Swift uh, against the commander. You don't have you, to. You the know point it. Is- I'll know it. Franklin will know it. The point is. The point is, everybody knows it. If we know it, everybody knows it. And his locker room knows it. So, obviously, he's not going to announce it, but he understands how that looks. Yeah, you're not, you're not doing that. The only low bench that's going to come is on week 17, if they know the seed there are already, and then everybody's sitting yeah, on, standing on the sideline with their caps and just looking that way, and we see Rashad Penny and Boston Scott running all, all that time. That's the only time I think we will be It's amazing because, you got, I mean, DeAndre's been tremendous. So I'll, I'll give you the chicken. Jody gave you his theory. I'm going to give you my chicken or egg theory. Um, the offensive line, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre's at, I believe, 308 yards in essentially two games because uh, he did barely played in week one. I got two, whatever, two touches, I think. Um, his career high in rushing is 617 yards. He's halfway there, you know, uh, in two games. He had a good offensive line in Detroit. He's got a great offensive line here. Is it DeAndre Swift, the chicken, or is it the offensive line, the egg? Can I make it a half-scrambled egg, (laughs) half-runny 
concoction that it is on there. I, it's it's a symbiotic. To me, I really believe when you look at the running back offensive line, it's a symbiotic relationship. You need they they work in concert. I think more. I think you're seeing more success out of the rush offense this year as opposed to last year because you're not getting a lot of dancing in the backfield trying to decide which hole. And you're getting somebody who's decisive and looking at the finding the right hole, reading it, and all running right, up right, I'm not because I need you. I I got to get you off the fence. If you put DeAndre Swift behind the Minnesota offensive line and the Tampa Bay offensive line, and you put Alexander Madison and Rashad <laughs> White behind the Eagles offensive line, um, how does it work out? Oh, yeah. Uh, what's the name? I think DeAndre Swift is probably cursing everybody out if he's with the Vikings offensive line right there. So, yeah, I guess in, in that scenario, I think you go look at the office. I think Madison would actually look decent. I think Madison would be yeah, somewhere near that point. one, too. So, yeah. Maybe not so as good as DeAndre, that. but they would look good. Rashad White would look good. Yeah, that and, offensive line, that's where I was. I mean, I, I can't be more impressed, Chris. I mean, and, and that, you could drive a truck through these holes over and the, the way that weeks. And the way some of these things are designed is when you think like, oh, wait, I finally get through the hole. They're not blocking me. Everything's bad. Next thing you know, you're getting blindsided by Dallas Goddard or Jack Stoll or whatever or trap. You're like, what, what the heck's going on? And then you get these these wide holes open up too. So, yes, yeah, Stoutland deserves a lot of credit. Brian Johnson deserves a lot of credit for these for this run game. And A, stick it to it and B, the design of a lot of this, these plays have been. Here's where I'll go. DeAndre Swift gets uh, shortchanged and should be getting more credit at least the way you're laying it out, John. You like DVOA, right? Uh, yeah, it's fine. I, okay. I, uh, D- DVOA, so far, Aaron three shots. games. DeAndre Swift, third in the National Football League. Kenny Gainwell, 42nd. Kenny's playing behind that same oh, offensive definitely line. better than Kenny. Uh, definitely better than Kenny. Yeah, but that, that, again, and you'll see it, and Aaron will tell you if Aaron was here, Um small sample size, um, like the nine minute and 22 second drive. We'll use that as an example, nine minutes and 22 second offense. Kenny Gainwell, I believe ran it eight times in that drive. They were churning clock. That's very successful. Um, they get out of the game. I don't know too many nine minute and 22 second offenses that are successful, but that one was successful. But yeah, DeAndre's been more explosive, obviously, and he deserves, he's the starting. Nobody's saying he hasn't played better than Kenny Gainwell. What I'm saying is this rushing offense is going to be successful. Maybe not with me, but with Chris Franklin uh, behind running the football. <laughs> Rashad White, Alexander Madison, if they were forced to go to Kenny Gainwell, he had to play the whole game, and they were had the whole offense wide open, doing the things with Landon, kicking out, pancaking people. His numbers would eventually get better. Probably not as, not as good as Swift. That's not the point. The point is this offensive line can make – and, and, and Jalen Hurts is a part of that as well, even though he hasn't gotten going in the running game because he manipulates the spacing and all that kind of stuff. Um, this offensive line is something else, is is my point. Yeah, I'm, all the time I'm running is going to be a QB sneaks. I can't run around that edge or run the zone read anymore, man. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> done. 
Yeah. And and uh, by the way, Jalen Hurts, is it just the opposing defenses? And Dallas Goddard talked about it yesterday, the exotic looks, and they expect that to slow down against Washington, more familiar. Is it just the looks they've been getting? Because he's been penned up in the running game. He has. Yeah, I really do, because it's like they're mushing around around those edges too. So when you're trying to declare like the, who's the read guy, who's not, there is it's hard to tell because you got one guy coming to the outside and then just before him you got another guy sneaking on the other side. So when you think, okay, it's right to pull the ball, next thing you know, you see a defender on the other side too. He's, they're throwing a lot of different mixes on those edges. And I think that's really not making him as effective as he was in the last couple of years running that play. And that's why I think, circling back to the other thing, that's why I think it's going to be more important that he really starts to continue this passing offense, too, because if you're taking that part away from him, we know the push is going to be there, but if you're taking that part of his game away, that's why I think you have to become a more of an effective passer because you start doing that more and more. You got They can't keep bringing these extra guys or start mushing a little bit. they got to worry about dropping back into coverage now. So, yeah, teams are playing them definitely different. With, with Washington, I wouldn't be surprised if they take some of those concepts. They mostly stick with their base defense, but – Maybe take a couple of those concepts, say, on first and second down and try to incorporate them here and there and mix, mix up their looks a little bit, too. All right. I went hot take on you guys with my mode management stance, which I've been floating for at least six weeks now, so I'm not moving off it. And <laughs> I, the only thing I need to slightly adjust was I thought that Rashad Penny was the most likely candidate because as, even though DeAndre Swift has an injury history, yeah, Rashad Penny's got this much further in injury history. So I've had to kind of change my focus to DeAndre and him being as good as he is does make it easier to project a loge management day. Chris Franklin, you want to jump on the Britain Covey gets a touchdown bandwagon this week? Come on, he's having this great Ooh. year as a punt returner, actually gets to the house either as you, you get points if he catches a touchdown pass because as of right now, he's wide receiver four unless Quez comes back, which we don't know is going to happen. So and uh, do, uh, are you willing to wager on a Britain Covey touchdown this week? I think you get, you got to get 25, 30 to one, John, at least, right? Ooh, yeah. I, I got to check my, I check my uh, wagering website. It's, it's never had one. I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to error size saying no, because I think it's going to oh. be one of those things where it's I won't say rec- it's going to be recency. I'm hanging, Franklin. You don't. I want to say it's all recency, because I think he's been one of the better punt returns in his last, in a lot, since this season and, and, and heading back to the end of last yeah, season. I think it's going to be one of those things where. One. Yeah. Yeah. So I, they're going to directly kick it away or kick it high enough where he's going to force the fair catch, because you sh- I'm very sure Washington saw what happened on that. Uh, on a 50-plus yard return that he had uh, on Monday night. So maybe they, they, they hang it up just a little bit longer. No, I'm, like, no. I'm, I'm saying, you know why I'm saying no? Uh, trust way. You know, the one advantage yeah. Washington has in this game, they got a really good punter. Really good. So he's going to – he not only yeah, kicks You know what happens car. when you get a really good punter every once in a while? Guy out kicks his coverage. No, I, that I happened see, on the fifty-yard return that uh, Covey got this past that's week. That's what that's factored into my really good punter thing. I'm not saying he's just kicking it far. He's kicking it high, and he knows how to punt. And that means directionally. That means hanging it up. That means kicking it far. He is. He's an All-Pro level punter, uh, Tressway, and has been an All-Pro in the past. 
nobody cares about punters, but yeah, Jake, <laughs> Jake uh, Kamarder's got a big leg. He was just booming it as far as he could and gave Britain a bunch of space. Tressway is savvy. He's going to, he's going to give his coverage people a chance. So I'm going to go not this week for Britain. Uh, maybe next week. If he gets in this week, guess what? Here's a hot take. It's going to be as a receiver, Chris Franklin. That's what I, I don't because he gets any yeah. score. Yep. Any time yeah. score. doesn't have to be uh, punt. can be receiver. Yeah. Yeah, I think that happens. The only time, I think the only way that happens is if the Eagles are up big. And well, here's they how it happens. It. They only got four stinking receivers if Quez can't play. <laughs> Somebody sprains an ankle, he's got to play. That's how it happens. Um, you know, even then they'd go to 12 personnel, but sometimes they have to put them out there. I can't um, log into my stupid yeah. thing. Why can't I get into my wagering app? I, <laughs> I need this number. I'm going to get this number before it comes out, and I'm going to split the right. with you. We got we got at C. Franklin no, you, you don't get anything. You said no. I know John. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that would you. Neither one of you get any of my wagering <laughs> We're, we're running out of time. I got to get Chris's plugs in at C Franklin news, NJ.com. Make sure uh, you listen to typically post game. You know, you had a tough time. You had to go to Miami oh my um, gosh. Uh, before getting back. You got stuck there. I got stuck in Chicago. Ed got stuck in Orlando. What the hell's going on with the airline industry? Chris Frank? It, it's, it, it was, it, it was frustrating to say the least, but nah, but it, it's, I will say this: When you're in Miami, that airport, there are some interesting sights and some interesting people watching going yeah. on. And I don't know if I, I'm scarred by Miami now after seeing some of the stuff. <laughs> this is normally this I'd rather be in Miami than Chicago. Normally, you have some uh, 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 nice, uh, how shall we say it, uh, nice things to look at in Miami. It's good scene- there's a lot of scenery around that area, uh, but. Yeah, whatever you see here, there's still there's still some weird things with a lot of that scenery as well too. It's like, what, what did that person just do? No, oh, it's, it's, it's a, it's that, that that's that place is that's a different place. And I wish there was allowed you to let you go back outside because I would if I could, I would have just gone like see if I could walk down to the beach or something like that, knowing yeah, how long exactly. I had. So they yeah. just got weirdos at the airport, is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we handicapped that for everybody today. Uh, that we've got weirdos. If you're going to Miami. Get out of the airport as soon as possible. Bunch of weirdos, as per Chris Frank. Ron. CF, Ron. thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. We'll get you thanks, back Chris. up in a couple weeks, brother. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one now. Chris See Franklin, you, NJ.com. Here with us on Birds 365. All right, quickie timeout. Come back. Put a bow on the show. Stay with us. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving them up 
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles uh, Not surprisingly my Fed Parks wagering app does not offer Britain Covey touchdown. Yet! Yet! It's early. They might put up more names and more uh, possibilities and more uh, potential bets before the game rolls around on Sunday. I am holding out hope that I'm getting 50 to one on a Britain cubby touchdown. And uh, I'm ready to go for it. No matter how good the Washington punter is. All right, Johnny Mac, what do you got today? Full practice. Uh, how much accessibility do you guys get? Uh, yeah. Full practice coordinator day, uh, locker room, the whole shebang today. Um, biggest day of the week because it was a monday night game so wednesday got pushed back to thursday all this quirky schedule stuff i was talking about with james bradbury yesterday um but the eagles have handled it well to date i think they will continue to handle it well because they basically lean on their talent which is why i said howie roseman (laughs) uh i was asked who the mvp of the eagles is so far Key guy status for me, Justin Evans. You think you get a better read today as to Sunday's available? <clears throat> yeah, there? I mean, I, I I, pretty much said I don't think he's playing. It's very early. But uh, if, if you're listed out for a walkthrough, I find it hard, hard to believe they're going to practice him on a full practice. So I don't think that was a good sign for Justin Evans or Sidney Brown yesterday. Um a lot of more uncertainty. As Ed said, we talked to Sidney Brown. I don't think it's a long-term issue, but it's a short week. It might be an issue this week. Justin, we don't know what is going on with Justin. Um, could be bad, could not be bad, but um, no injured reserve, so that's good to this point. Uh, that indicates it's not really serious, but um, again, they had a walkthrough yesterday, so if you know you're not doing much, um, 
And then to say, turn around and say he's not going to practice in a walkthrough, but he's going to practice in a real practice, typically doesn't happen. Johnny Mack will be at practice today, and then he'll back, be back here with me tomorrow. You good to go, Manana? Uh, yeah, I plan on it. I don't know if I'll be good, but I'll be going. He will be ready to rock and roll with me, the Mac and Mac guys, Birds 365, coming back in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.